of a life message for us. It's simple, it's elementary, it is woven throughout the scriptures, and it's something that we learn from through Jesus, right? Okay, if you see your neighbor, wake him up and say, 15 minutes, that's all you need, okay? God is love, right? And we get that statement from this context, so we're going to start on the 1 John chapter 4 side of your card there. But I, I feel like it's important to point out that what we are talking about is not trying harder. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Right? Are you ready to be encouraged today? We're not talking about trying harder. We're talking about receiving the love of God first. Right? Receiving the love of God first. Because trying to love each other, trying to show love to other people around us without receiving God's love first is like trying to use a debit card before a deposit has been made. Right? So God is love. God invented love. And so therefore I think God has a say in what love is. And so when we receive the love of God, we should make sure that we are receiving what it really is and not treating God with prejudice. So our thesis statement, if you will, is when I learn more about God's love, I can better receive it, be changed by it, and bring it to others. And we've seen that God's love is faithful, patient, kind, and today we're going to focus on selfless. God's love is faithful, patient, kind, and selfless. This passage on the top of the card, let's look at that together first. For 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. And every use of the word love in this passage is that agape word. Let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Right below that from 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 and 18, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Now, Let's flip the card over and look at a definition, a working definition for this agape word. Agape, love. On the top of your card there, a God kind of love that gives. To have love for someone or something based on sincere appreciation and high regard. To regard with affection and loving concern. Agape is used to express, and this is used in the scripture, Agape is used to express the essential nature of God. Agape describes the attitude of God to his son and the human race. Agape is used to convey his will to his children concerning their attitude one to another. Love can only be known by the actions it prompts. God's love is seen in the gift of his son. 
God's love is seen in his decision to love us because of his nature, regardless of our perceived value or attractiveness. His love is faithful, patient, kind, and selfless. That's what this word means, how it used. Now today, for the first time, we're going to focus on the passage right below that definition, and that's Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. So I'm going to read that. This is important. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Okay, come on, focus everybody. Come on adults, you can do it. Focus. This is an encouraging word. You waited all week to hear this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving, there's that agape word again, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. You have come here today because God saw fit when he brought the new covenant through Jesus to set up this organization called the local church. The people, followers of Christ that were structured with elders, with a focus that would come together regularly in public meetings and in homes because we need this reminder. I see your social media posts. Some of you need this encouragement from belonging to Christ. Come on, somebody. This comfort from his love. And so this morning, in these few minutes, I want to comfort you with unpacking the way that God has loved you through Jesus. And what Paul writes about here in Philippians chapter 2, it's talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which we've read over the last couple of weeks, and in, even in Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 5, and that is that God has loved us through Jesus in a way that is not like we have been loved by others, but in a way that is selfless. Selfless. More focused on others than on self. In a healthy, life-giving way that is passionate, faithful, and enduring. You see, when... Somebody else loves you for what they can get out of you. It's a little bit like fishing. So with a fish hook, there's a bait on the hook, and that's the good thing that someone is doing for you, and then the hook is set and you are drawn to them. That is selfishness. And don't feel condemned 
because Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But all of us have loved other people and God this week in that way. It's okay, it's immature. But the reality is, is that we cannot have intimacy. And what I'm talking about is a life-giving relationship. And this is why we are looking for love in all the wrong places and ever disappointed by human love and can so easily treat God Oh, what a shame with the prejudice of thinking that God has loved us like other people have loved us. It's wrong. It's twisted. It's horse pucky. God did not love us that way. Through Jesus, God loved us not for what he could get out of us. Lord, don't I know That Jesus could sing to the Father better than I did today. Play the guitar better than I could today. Do anything that I did this week better than I could. Let's not get it mixed up. God didn't love you for what you did this week. And I'm just talking about the good stuff. God loved you through Jesus in a selfless way. There is no hook in the heart of Jesus. Come on somebody, this is good. When we are frustrated in our human relationships, it is because we are relating to each other with a hook. I have yet to be brought into a marriage problem that at the base of which there wasn't selfishness. Now listen, please, don't stop coming. (laughs) But we got to get real. Now we all need help. I have needed much help with working out my own selfishness. But we all need help. It is when your conversion, when your salvation, God looks at you through Jesus, but through the process, God works into you His love and slowly but surely as you turn yourself over to God, as you follow Him with reckless abandon, what happens is more and more from the inside out, His agape love will press out selfishness. And over a period of time, your salvation turns into a sanctification. And when you are pressed like a toothpaste tube, what comes out of you is less selfish and more selfless. But it doesn't happen when you try harder. Thank you, this is so encouraging. It happens when you receive His love with purity and not with a prejudice putting on God the way other people have loved you. We've got to peel away. We give you an opportunity to serve in this church and it's not, it's not because God needs you or we need you. I mean, we all need each other. You hear what I'm saying? Only out of a thank you, God. When I, I get real momentum in my relationship with God when I spend less time asking God for stuff and more time interacting with Him. That's when the real momentum occurs. When I start asking God for things that are miraculous for other people, for His own glory, there's a change, there's a shift, there's momentum in my prayers. I'm so glad He's patient 
and kind and faithful and that he loved us through Jesus in a selfless way. Aren't you? Now, we can learn about selfless love through humans. I thought, uh, I didn't get your permission, Melinda, I apologize, but it was Melinda's birthday this week, on the same day as her mother, and she wrote this beautiful post about her mother, and I'm not going to read it because I didn't get your permission, but I thought it was beautiful, a beautiful tribute to her mother's selflessness. We can learn about selflessness through human relationships. Think about this. There is a life that is better than living me first. There is a life that is better than living me first. Where we put God and others above our own desire to look good, feel good, be right, and stay in control. Do you want to know how you're having a a, a toddler-type temper tantrum where your flesh is out there? When however you're behaving is from a place where for you to look good is more important than the other person. For you to feel good is more important than the other person. For you to be right is more important than the other person. For you to stay in control is more important than the other person. If, if that, if you are aware of that, or maybe somebody else in your life is lovingly bringing some adjustment to you and saying that that's what's going on, that's how we know it's stinking thinking. It's selfish. It's wrong. It's we're a little toddler in the mud puddle. Now remember, God's love for us is faithful, patient, and kind. And he loves us and leads us for our benefit. But there is a life that is better than that. Where we put God and others above our own... We all have this desire. Where we put God and others above our own desire to look good, feel good, be right, and stay in control. It's possible. Somebody that had a... A near-death experience saw a a vision of of heaven and hell, and they had this... Yeah, I'm going to explain it. And there was this this door to hell, and they opened the door. Why you do that? I don't know. Opened the door, and in in the... was this great room with this enormous banquet table set for a feast with food and with everything you could hope for. And seated around the table were skeletons. And then he noticed that fixed to the hand of every skeleton was a long spoon. And then he left that room perplexed, not understanding what he had seen. Back out, sees the door for heaven. Better choice. Goes into that room. Same configuration, same table, same feast. And people alive and laughing and enjoying the banquet feeding each other because the spoons were longer than their arms. The kingdom of heaven looks like that. When we care more for others than we care for ourselves. When we will receive the selfless love of Jesus and share it with others. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. It's time for us to set our affections on God because He is God. We can respond to God who first loved us. So when we unpack these questions, what is God's love? What does God's love look like? What does this say about God? Say about me? What does this mean? How does this affect today? We must consider that God has loved us in a way that is selfless, not for what he can get out of us. 
So think about these two simple thoughts. God saved you because he loves you. That was so nice, I'll say it twice. God saved you because he loves you. And you are the most like Jesus when you are serving out of a pure heart. I'm going to read our closing prayer. Ben's going to come back and lead us in a prayer in response to this. In a time of prayer. God, you are more important to me than anything else in this world. Thank you for taking away the guilt of my sin through Jesus. Please help me to receive your love as you intended it. Please help me be changed by your love. Please help me share your love with others. Ben, will you come and lead us in prayer?